All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Go Beyond podcast, and this is episode 17. Um, this episode, I'm going to be talking about one topic in particular, one specific topic, and that is refined sugar and the consumption of refined sugar, particularly in carbonated drinks. It's a topic that I think we should all be a bit more aware of, and I think I just want to provide a little bit more science, a little bit more evidence to explain why these things aren't such a good idea to have in your fridge and shouldn't be consumed in the manner that they are being consumed by so many people. Before we hop into that, just a quick thank you to Vivo Life for sponsoring the show. Vivo Life produced the best plant-based products on the market, and these products are all designed to make you better, to help you fulfill your day in the best shape possible, with the best possible energy. So with products like plant-based proteins in the product perform, they have Thrive, which is an all-in-one greens and superfoods powder, which is outstanding to start the day with. So much of the, the greens and the fruits that we are eating at the moment from supermarkets and stuff like that are not as rich in vitamins, minerals as they should be, partly because our soils have become so depleted. So you aren't actually always getting all the goodness that you might be promised or that you might be hoping for. So something like Thrive is a fantastic thing to add to your day, be that in the morning or whenever, to make sure that you are getting all the possible benefits of veggies and fruits and whatnot, and so much more with crazy things in there like camu camu berry and all sorts of ingredients that you might not be accustomed to. There's also a BCAA, which I drink every single time I work out to help me sustain my workouts for longer and to feel good about myself when I'm doing that. And then you have your matcha, your maca, so plenty of good products. Head to www.vivalife.co.uk and you can use the code GOBEYOND10, that is the number 10, at checkout to receive a discount on any or all of their supplements. So without further haru, let's hop into this show talking about refined sugar. Okay, let's start with the sort of the obvious thing. Why is refined sugar so bloody good? Why does it taste so good? Why does it make us feel so good short term? Because there's no denying that. There's no denying that when you tuck into a bag of sweets at the cinema or whatever, or a can of Coke, that first sip, something happens. There's some sort of chemical reaction and you feel awesome. The buzz caused by refined sugar is caused by the release of dopamine, which controls our pleasure and reward sensors. Dopamine, often known as our sort of reward hormone. Refined sugar will activate the brain's reward pathway, similar to the way that, say, nicotine or cocaine would. And that may sound extreme, but it is the truth. And so much so that the pattern of behavior when consuming refined sugar is very similar to that of a drug such as nicotine or cocaine. And that that pattern looks something along the lines of, if you continue to activate the brain's reward system, you will lose self-control. That's because you will begin to crave it. From beginning to crave it, you'll have more and therefore you will build up a tolerance. And once you have a tolerance, you require more to meet that tolerance and to get that same buzz. And once you start doing that, you lose all self-control. And that is why it is very difficult, almost just as difficult to completely quit refined sugar as it is, say, a drug like nicotine. And I think when people are trying to step away from sugar, I don't think they give themselves enough time often. When it comes to smoking, you're looking at about a three-month period to return to normal in terms of those pathways and those patterns. So when it comes to your sugar, there is only one way, and that is to stick with it. So yeah, refined sugar can look a lot like a drug at times, just because it comes in a can with 
pretty labeling and it's sold everywhere doesn't mean that it's not going to have the same effect on you as some things that would cause alarm if I were to mention them to you. So what is refined sugar? Refined sugar is extracted from sugarcane and then processed. It is responsible for things like type 2 diabetes. There's a statistic that says 140,000 deaths per year in the US, this is, are caused by sugar-sweetened beverages. So that's 140,000 deaths just from sugar-sweetened beverages or related to sugar-sweetened beverages. That is crazy. Same studies saying that adults that drink just one can of sugar-sweetened beverage a day have 40% chance increased chance of developing pre-diabetes and if they replace that drink with water that risk is decreased by 25% so it seems like an obvious swap to make. A very good way of testing things like this are your fasted blood sugar and insulin levels so that would be testing you before you consume anything in the morning in a fasted state and to see where your blood is at. But one of the things that really stands out for me and one of the statistics that really stands out for me and one of the reasons that I believe refined sugar and processed drinks and processed food should come with more of a warning is its relation to cancer. So a third of all cancers are caused by lifestyle and environmental factors. And some of the big lifestyle factors are low activity and diets high in processed foods. And that is a complete controllable. Why put yourself through that? Why put yourself at risk? Why, why eat something that could potentially have such a negative negative outcome in the future so often people will say smoking okay that'll cause cancer you can get lung cancer and people are sort of beginning to understand that risk and now if you look at a packet of cigarettes it always has a gross drawing on the front of it a gross image on the front of it of lungs or someone something horrific but we don't for some reason relate the same to to, to the food that we eat I think it needs to be shouted a little bit louder and it needs to be shouted for a whole while longer until people begin to sort of understand that and begin to take notice so one of the reasons that these processed foods and refined sugar cause so much damage is the sort of the way they age you is to do with our telomere length uh, telomeres are a great biomarker for aging they are sort of short dna sequences at the end of chromosomes and they're kind of like a protective cap that gradually shortens with age and they have to shorten with age so you could say that a big indicator or a strong way to sort of prevent aging and stay young for longer would be to prevent the shortening of these telomeres. And what these telomeres do is they prevent chromosomes from losing genes or sticking to other chromosomes when a cell divides. But when a telomere gets too short, cells stop dividing completely or they can die. So I think it's, it's pretty clear that we need to do what we know can be done to prevent that from happening. Actually, a good example of telomere shortening is the disease progeria. So if you want an example of that, there you go. To hit you with a statistic to do with that, is adults who drink one can of soda a day have been shown to have far shorter telomere length in their white blood cells. So again, it's related back to this. Another thing caused by the overconsumption of processed foods and refined sugar is inflammation. Now, inflammation gets a very bad rap on multiple occasions because we only sort of use it or see it when something's gone wrong and you know that's when you reach for the neurofen, something that can eliminate your inflammation. But inflammation is extremely important. It is a natural reaction to pain and it, and it sort of helps us stay healthy. And the key is to sort of keep our inflammation in a state that we want it, the natural inflammation. What we don't want to do is increase our inflammation unnecessarily or produce any chronic inflammation. 
So decreasing inflammation is one of the most important ways of slowing down aging. Along with that, this sort of topic of inflammation, something I often talk about is the inflammation within the gut and the stomach and how do we prevent any negative inflammation occurring there. And that is also very much to do with what we eat. So preventing inflammation that is going to cause us harm is the key. Inflammation itself is not the enemy. It is the inflammation that we are causing ourselves to experience. Okay, another thing affected by processed sugar, refined sugar, processed foods and everything is the hippocampus. And the hippocampus is kind of the part of our brain that is responsible for storing memory, storing information. Those of you that have seen Inside Out, uh, you'll know all about hippocampus and the land of memories and the place that collapses when she's off on a mad one. Great film. And actually, once you have an understanding of sort of what, what brain and response to food and response to habit and stuff, what those things look like and the results they cause, that movie actually makes a lot more sense. So, well done, Pixar, again. But um, anyway, diet like this can cause the hippocampus to atrophy. And in fact, studies have shown an atrophy of the hippocampus in people with high blood sugar levels. And they see more atrophy in people with prediabetes. So these things just keep adding up and up and up. Another thing to do with these pathway and, and habit pathway is studies that have been conducted with obese children. They have looked at the brains of these obese children against the brains of non-obese children. And obese children seem to experience heightened levels of activity in the reward part of the brain when they consume sugar. And this is going to go further in making them re-crave that food. Because if they're getting such a heightened response, they're going to want more of it. And in rats, this sort of re-craving feeling has also caused an inhibiting factor for the hippocampus. So therefore, a child eating a diet like this and becoming obese, that has its health issues on its own in a great magnitude, on a horrific scale but it's also affecting their memory and their cognitive ability. One thing that I think is completely underlooked and one thing that is so, so important and actually not fair on children is the fact that so often it is not actually the child buying the food that is making them obese or causing them to have bad health. It is a responsibility to the person who is feeding that child, be that a school, be that a parent, whoever it is is responsible for installing good behaviours within that child and making sure that they understand the repercussions of eating a diet like that. They're not the one with the purse. They're not the one with the wallet. They're not the one buying the product. Although these companies will market their products at children, which is a whole other topic, which is, is pretty gross, but these kids aren't responsible yet. They, they can't be asked to be responsible yet. They aren't being educated. So we've got to look at the people who are providing the food for them and start making helping them make better decisions because... At the end of the day, the statistics all add up to show that this stuff is really going to harm the child and not give them a chance moving forward. So whenever I talk about sugar, I always end up talking about fruit because there's this kind of misunderstood labelling of fruits currently because, you know, you have some people who want to look a certain way and have 0% body fat saying that they don't consume much sugar, too much fruit, sorry. You have someone else saying fruits are the way to go, can live only off fruits. Um, and it's kind of a confused topic, but how the sugar in fruit is different to, say, the sugar in processed things. Fruits contain high levels of polyphenols. So sugars in fruit are bound up in a food matrix, what's called a food matrix. And that is 
things like fiber and other compounds such as polyphenols which change the way that sugar is metabolized and the fiber which you consume when consuming fruit that is brilliant for the satiety so you, you your body kind of understands that it has consumed a certain amount of food and it ticks the satiety box and you don't need to continually plow so that's why if i told you to eat i don't know 20 apples you'd probably struggle but if i put a bag of sweets in front of you you'd keep going you'd keep hammering that stuff no end and that is partly to do with the way that it is digested so the type of sugar that you'll find in fruit is kind of 50% fructose 50% glucose an easy way to think about this is that the glucose and the fructose when they are found in foods when they are tucked up in this food matrix they will be digested and when this happens the pancreas will release insulin and the insulin causes a release of leptin and then that causes you to be full however fructose is digested primarily by the liver so when it's not found in food and when it's not built up in this food matrix it doesn't require insulin it therefore doesn't cause this leptin response and therefore you don't get that satiety and therefore you can consume more and more and more so when we look at this whole sugar debate it's so much good stuff in fruit but let's try and consume it in its natural state with its uh with everything intact, with that food matrix there, with plenty of fiber. Fiber is kind of an unsung hero in the health world. Fiber is so, so vitally important for our digestion, for our well-being and the energy and whatever. So just try and consume it in its most natural state. Do not believe these labels that say two of your five a day. I mean, we can address the whole five a day thing another day, but look at it. Is it in its natural state or is it as close to its natural state as possible or is it being used appropriately? Because if not, then how is it going to be digested? Is it going straight onto that liver? Because if it does, the liver will try and keep up by producing things called triglycerides to store the excess energy that's coming in there. And triglycerides, well, those guys can be the enemy. They can increase your risk of stroke and heart disease. So, yeah, that should give you a bit of an idea as to what's going on there. I'm going to kind of wrap that up there because that's quite a lot of information regarding refined sugar. And it's some kind of alarming statistics being thrown around. But... When it comes down to it, I believe that we just all have a responsibility. And that is, if you know what you're talking about, or if you have done the research, or if you have made yourself aware, or someone else has made you aware, you then have a responsibility to act in a certain way when it comes to these foods, and then you have a responsibility to influence the people around you when it comes to these certain foods. That doesn't mean holding a massive sign above your head and shouting with a megaphone, do not eat this, do not drink that, and you know, slay seeing someone eat something at a restaurant and running over and grabbing out the hat. It certainly doesn't mean anything to do with that, but it means the people around you, the people you are responsible for, do the right thing by them. Do the right thing by yourself first as well. I think it's about time we stop ignoring some of these statistics that are coming at us with foods and begin to become more aware of them because if I say the word cocaine, if I say the word nicotine, alarm bells start ringing. But for some reason, if I say the word Coca-Cola, it doesn't have quite the same effect. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for listening. This is kind of the way that these shows are going to be from now on. We will still be hosting guests, hopefully, uh, every now and again. But I'm not going to go about chasing them and trying trying to build up something else. What I want to do is ensure that I'm providing something that provides benefit to a listener. So I'm going to just try and pick a topic every so often and just wax lyrical about that for sort of 10 20 minutes and try and provide something try and provide an education be informative so this week refined sugar next week something else so thank you very much for listening and i wish you a healthy and happy day week month life all of that 
Cheers.